0: Hello and welcome to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan and tonight I'm joined by Ben and Luca. Hi guys. Hi everyone. Hello. And um, tonight we're going to run what will be hopefully the first of a series of Uh, Mercato editions of the podcast over the summer. So we're going to talk through with you some of the recent rumours of arrivals, departures. Um, We've actually got a guest appearance later on in the show today. So we've got um, someone from the 90 Minute Cynic podcast um, which is a Celtic Fan Scottish football podcast is going to come on and talk to us about some of the recent rumours around um, Scottish based players that have been linked to Marseille, as well as, as always, kind of run through some of the new stories over the last week or so. So, I think given that since we last podcasted, the new coach was announced, um, Andre Villas Boas, and I know we t- talked about him a little bit before he was announced, but now that he's actually been put in place, it'd be good to just have a quick sort of um, discussion about. The new manager and what our thoughts are about him, um, especially seeing as now we've seen him, you know, in the press conference, we've heard what he has to say about the job and stuff. So, um, guys, if you don't mind, do you want to tell me how you're feeling about the new manager at the moment?
1: Um, I think it was a bit of a shock to be honest, because in my mind, like, because we knew Garcia was pretty much going to leave for about a month or so. Everyone was talking about either Einser or a French bass player. Um coach so like Laurent Blanc or, or people like that or like like an other section and in there there was like Rafa Benitez, um, Kike, um, Makin from, from Spain and stuff and then it's all of a sudden three days before you hear Villas-Boas coming to the scene everyone's like wait like hasn't he not coached for like three years or something and then all of the feedback from England is just like you'll be making a big mistake because he, he'll kill your changing room throughout like his personality and stuff and then he's been announced and all of a sudden people are like well it's n- nobody's first choice but you know it's it's not as bad as Laurent Blanc or, or some of the more you know like orthodox coaches so I think I'm less pessimistic than most of social media um, but I mean when we look at his life like his play style and recent results it, it, it's kind of worrying
2: yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I agree with you, Luca, that he, he's completely left field. He's come out of nowhere. Um, I think it's it's interesting because when when you realise the figures that were, were involved, allegedly, and, and Jacori, he can lie for his teeth about it as much as he wants, but we all know we've paid Garcia a considerable amount of money to leave the club. Um, I, I, I thought, well, I think every, every Marseille fan was probably thinking, Jesus Christ that's going to fuck us over in terms of getting the new coach in because we're not going to have a lot of money left and, and the transfer budget is going to be a bit crap as well. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm more on the, 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 the other side. I mean, after having seen the press conference, I'm actually quite optimistic in terms of, I think he knows what, where he's stepping into and he's, he's had past contacts with Marseille, with Labrune, So he, he, he's obviously done pre, prior research on the club. I think he knows about the club's fans, about the club's, you know, the atmosphere, about the expectation um, so I'm I'm quite excited. Um, I think he's, you know, people in England stay on the last impression of him, which was was Chelsea and Spurs, and it is what it is. But he's he's grown a lot since then as as a manager. I think he's won the league consistently. And in, in, yes, it was Russia. He won the league in China, but he's well travelled. Um, I think let's let's give him a chance before we start spitting all over him.
1: Yeah, but like, didn't we say the whole thing about the first press conference and stuff about Mitchell? He was pretty. He said a lot of like nice words about the fans and stuff. It for me, the press conference sounded like a, a big PR, premeditated move to like make sure he knew what he was talking about. But uh, the read really doesn't say anything to me.
2: No, he did, he did a bit, and and look, Michelle. Let, let's face it, Michelle had the zero you know, relevant coaching experience. We're, we're talking about someone who who works with Mourinho, who works with Bobby Robson, who's worked with, with big managers. I'm not expecting miracles from the guy, but, you know, I think that if if you, you want a coach, and, and I saw it, a, an analysis a few weeks ago, actually, I think, I'm, I'm not sure if I sent it to you guys on the group, um, about his actual points gained and, and uh, other stats in terms of, his statistics against the big clubs and his statistics in in the in the leagues where he's coached and he's actually from a statistical point of view he's in, he's in the top ten in Europe in terms of um points won in terms of attempts on goal by his teams and, and those sorts of statistics so look it's always hard to read into statistics because football it comes down to the pitch and on the day but i I think if if you're Jacques orro and you want. You know, you, you, your ass is basically on the line now because of the whole Garcia f- fiasco to, to extend his contract at uh, the, the time we extended it and having to spend money to get rid of him. I honestly think, especially with the changes that have taken place at Lyon and at Monaco, where we, we're not really sure what's going to happen to Monaco because they've got over 60 players under contract. They need to sell players. And, and there's already rumours of, of players falling up with Jardim again. I think if you if you get André in at this time, I think he's he is the sort of coach who's good enough in Liga tactically to to make a serious play for top 3.
1: Yeah I don't agree with that though because it's like for me Andre villas boss is like the safe corporate choice and Garcia was a safe corporate choice as well and it's for for, for me it, it's not like Era was like doing anything to please anyone to make sure that he, his popularity would go up because I think the, the general feeling is that Andres Villas-Boas, it, he doesn't come with a lot of like a like a big package in terms of the philosophy of football or or in terms of like, like um, references in football, like no, nobody's really speaking good about him um, in terms of play style, in terms of how he got on with the players and stuff and the, his relationship with the fans. So, The only thing he's got going for him, like in terms of the public eye, is that, you know, he seems to be basically good enough to have results in Ligue 1. But I think for for me, I wasn't expecting that kind of manager to come this season. I mean, we don't even have Europe to play. So this is really like like a proper, proper transition year. So, you know, why not be a bit more risky and then give chances to a younger coach or a coach that needs a bit more time to have his philosophy Put in place because you will have that one year with no expectations essentially, like obviously getting the the podium. But he'll have no, you know, like tough games to play in Azerbaijan and and like Bulgaria in September that will really like hurt his philosophy if it's not set in place. we really was not expecting Beazboer to be put in there.
0: I think that the it, it probably is a bit of a serious time though for the for the president and the owner. Because I know you're saying they're not in Europe, so it's a it's a good time to kind of experiment. But I think for the president it really sounds like he's kind of on his sort of, he's hanging, you know, by the... Yeah, the he's hanging by his frigid, head, it yeah. seems. Yeah, and I think the owner is pretty pissed off about the money that he's invested, and he wants to see results and a change quick. So I think that that's probably why Eho has gone for, you know, a big-name coach and an expensive coach as well, is because he's thinking, right, I need to get a guy in who can do a job, you know. Now, obviously, yeah, but that wait... was the
1: same for Garcia. We, we took, we just have this short term vision because Vinus Boas hasn't spent more than two years at a club. Most of the time, he's resigned after a year. He's so... also
0: said that I think in five years' time, he doesn't see himself still being a coach, doesn't he? He said that, yeah,
1: exactly. he wants
2: to, to retire, yeah. yeah. So
1: you want results now, but. Like you don't know if he's going to be here next season. Like second season with Tottenham was horrendous. Second season with Zenit was horrendous. Um. So like, what what are we really like going for with this? Like, are we going? Like, I feel like it's it's the same again when Garcia was like renewed his contract. It's like we're, everyone's asking like, what's the direction? What's yeah, the behind
2: this? Let's face it, we could have done a lot worse. And you know, look, no, he, he's come to the club. He is he is a big name yes, he hasn't proven much in, in the major European leagues. I mean, he's won the league in Portugal. He won the Europa League with Portugal, with Porto, sorry. And then he, he struggled a bit at Chelsea. And then if you do remember, though, his Chelsea team, after he left, went on to win the Champions League that year. So it wasn't all bad. I think he's he, he's paid for his attitude and trying to be too much like Mourinho, like an arrogant prick. And it's obviously backfired in his face a few times. Um, but uh, look, I'm, I'm quite happy that a coach like right that who, who let's face it, he could have gone back to Portugal, had an easy easy job in Portugal. He could have gone to Benfica or Sporting or, or Porto, but he's he's come to Marseille at a time where we obviously are under pressure financially. We're under pressure for results. We're going to have to blend in quite a few of the youngsters next season. You know, I, I, I'm quite happy that he he's taken on that challenge, and, and I think we could have done a hell of a lot worse with other other names that were being mentioned. Who would have just been more of the same as Garcia, which would have been French. Boring league arm negative tactics, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think give him time and we'll see. But you, you know, it's too harsh to judge him now.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think like the word is like satisfied for me because it's like, well, yeah, like we were basically talking about either Einser or like you know, the, the usual, the usual, Gasser so. and all of those. Yeah, you know? exactly. So I, I'm quite happy about like I'm quite satisfied with the cho- choice. But what my problem is that. Obviously, we'll wait and see what happens because he could do like Garcia's first season, which was incredible. But we don't know. And for me, it, it was the time, like personally. Obviously, I understand Ero has got his deadlines to meet and he's under pressure. But in the long-term vision, this is a time where you can give that you should give the chance to someone who a bit more risky in terms of a coach that's more directed towards blending in young players and not necessarily that is good at achieving, like silverware you know because we're not going to basically we're not really aiming for any silverware this season our aim this season is going to be achieving the podium whilst getting rid of like older players and like you said Stefan like basically bringing players up to become professional league one players and I mean Villas-Boas has not particularly shown that um so in light of all of these circumstances, I'm not, I, I don't know, like we could do worse, of course, we can always do worse, yeah, but, but I'm not sure to, if that was the exactly. right choice, necessarily.
2: Well, maybe it was the only choice, and we'll, we'll never know this, but guys, let's let's face it, you
1: know,
2: would, would you, if you're a, a decent manager, would you have taken the challenge at Marseille, especially knowing that you're going to have a very limited transfer budget, you're going to have to make do with the kids, and you're not playing European football, at the end of the day, I think it's, you know, he's he's probably the best we could have hoped for in the circumstances, in terms of, a, a big name and, and someone who will have some weight in the transfer market working with Zubi, I think that they get on well. So that's a, a definite plus because it's, it's going to be completely different, I would imagine, than, than dynamic was with Garcia and Zuby. And yeah, no, I think that he's still named that if he gives a player a call and, and he's worked with the player before or the player knows of him, the players will be more inclined to join than if it's someone like Garcia or Lamouchi or God knows who else, made in league and coach phoning up a player trying to convince him to join. So, let's wait and see. I think we've seen the recent transfer rumours. I'm sure we'll move on to that topic in a sec. But, you know, we've been linked with, with quite a few Portuguese players. Um, if he if if we can get something going that resembles a bit of a Wolverhampton or something like that, and, and he brings new blood in, and he brings hungry, you know, players who are hungry and, and want to succeed in then, look,
1: yeah, I'm all for it. But we have to wait and see. We have to give him time. Yeah. Yeah, as a positive, though, he's not done too bad. Like, when you're talking about the, the statistics and stuff, like, obviously, Chelsea and Tottenham weren't great experiences. But even then, like, Tottenham were still fifth at the time. Um, Chelsea basically lost the top four challenge then, they are like, fifth or something. So it was not horrible to start with. And then, I mean, the French League is not is not a major league like England or Spain or Italy where, you know, like, it's very top-heavy. Like, the top six teams have to be very good teams. Like, the French League resembles the Portuguese League. There's only two big, two, three big teams. And when he has played there, with Porto, obviously, he had, like, an 80-plus percent, like, win rate, which is incredible. But even when he, before that, when he played for Academica, who are, like, like your gang he managed to put them to 10th. So, like, that's pretty decent. And so, when you compare... Like apples to apples, then well, he he he's actually quite promising. But that was a long time ago. That was nine years ago. So it's really unknown.
0: You've got to wonder um, what, why he's taking the job though. What's in it for him? Knowing that um, Marseille are a club that are a hard, you know, quite a volatile place to manage when things aren't going well, and that there is virtually no money kicking around. We believe, you know, the club are, have had a deficit. They've not qualified for European football. We've been told that they're going to have to sell before they can buy, um, and they're going to have to buy cheaper than what they're selling. So you sort of wonder, what's in it for Sports? Why is he taking the job?
1: Well, I think it's a it's a step forward. I think you know he went to Chelsea and then Crashed and Burned Tottenham, Crashed and Burned, and then he got the, the he got the money in Shanghai and Zenit, and then obviously that crashed and burn, and so he went out of football. So I think he might be just looking for a step short term for one or two years, and then he'll like look for something else which is why I'm, I'm wondering what what's the vision it's not long term nothing points out to be a long term position but
2: no, uh, it's, it's purely purely economical I would guess at this stage because you know they, they've got to get we've got to get top 3 I think the message is clear that you know I, I would imagine that yes we've promised to the denziger that we're going to sell a few players one or two big players for 40 plus million I would imagine that McCourt has had to plug some of the deficit again which he's been doing constantly since he arrives at the Treb and it's probably well, starting that, to piss him off.
0: That's what I read, but and we'll touch upon that maybe later on um, if you want. But that's yeah, that's what I read, is that McCourt paid the deficit. But I don't know if you've have, have seen anything elsewhere.
2: I think we can't afford another season like, like this season. We have to play some form of European football and it has to be Champions League in the next two years. If not, we could be heading into the unknown because God knows... What McCourt could do, he could pack up and leave. It might might go. Who knows? Who Which knows?
0: might be a good thing. I mean, I'm not against McCourt selling if he sells to someone else who, who, or who's going to come in and with a bigger project. I don't mind that. You know, we when he bought the club, we were in pretty dire straits. You know, we were in need of change. And even if it's just, you know, um, it was a stop gap or, you know, a short-term project to keep things moving along until something else comes, in. that's fine. I I don't
2: have... I'm not,
0: like, too attached to McCourt and his project. No. I think... Yeah,
2: and then if you look at Nice as well, you know, they're getting a new billionaire owner.
1: Yeah, yeah. One thing about McCourt that, like, (laughs) when people got angry this season and stuff, they're always talking about McCourt, you know, like, spend the money and stuff, like, reaching... I think that's one thing. You can blame Aero for, for, like, handling the money badly, but McCourt has to spend like a lot more than he promised and whatever his, his agenda is like he spent a lot of money. And if he's doing it again this year, like it's something to, to, like, I think to, to, to look at and put our hands up and say like, fair enough. Like it doesn't matter if long term, you're going to sell the club again. The money he's injected is going to stay in the club. And that, that's I think It's really commendable.
0: Absolutely. And um, I think, you know, where we're on this, like we're talking about this, I think it's probably a good time to start thinking about what, we're going to be doing with the money that we've got over over the summer. Um, so we we said that we would talk a lot about the Mercato, um in today's show and kind of focus on the kind of rumors of which players might be leaving and which players might be coming in. Um, now there's been a lot. I think we're only what two weeks since the end of the season, and there's been a lot of rumors floating around, as always. But Quite a surprising amount, given that the messages that we'd been getting from the club, which was was that it was going to be a largely inactive summer. Um, Now, I just want to first maybe focus on the departures, um, because there's been tons of rumours around what players might be leaving, especially as, you know, there might be this need to raise money to pay off, you know, the deficit or... Or to pay back the you know the 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 owner for paying off the deficit if that's the case, and also just to raise money for it to fund replacements in the squad. So I think there's been that many players that have been rumored to be potentially on the way that we might not be able to get through all of them, but um, just we'll, we'll we'll go through what we can. So um, I think one of the most significant ones that's. The rumors that's popped up this week regarding a departure was Luis Gustavo. Um, I know a couple of weeks ago on the podcast after the final game of the season, we talked about how we were concerned that he might be going. Looking at the way he um, sort of plot you know, did a a lap of honour I think round uh, round the pitch after the final game, and mm-hmm. then the rumors came out quite quickly after that he was open to move to China. Now since then. I think in the in the last week we've heard that Leon and the new Brazilian coach and um sport, Sporting sport director it, yeah, Janinho, um apparently are interested in bringing in Luis Gustavo pro- probably because I think Tongi and Dombele is expected to leave the club so they're looking for a midfielder um well I I am guessing he's you're not going to be pleased to see those rumours, but how how like, how do you think that that could happen? That we sell a player like Gu- Luis Gustavo
2: to Lyon?
1: Uh, are we talking about Luis Gustavo spe- like specifically to Lyon, or is to Luis yes. Gustavo selling him in general? Well,
2: it's the, the Lyon rumor. This the Leon, oh, isn't it?
1: yeah. Lyon rumor is absolutely not true. Like, uh, it's not even. I wasn't pleased about hearing it. It's 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 like it's 100% not possible. How many times has Olá done that? And it would not make sense at all for Lyon. Like, Luis Gustavo's salary is already is twice more than Fekir's. Like today, um, he was. He, I know it's because he's Brazilian, and obviously now they have a duo that's Brazilian. But I really don't see Olas spending so much money and giving like one of his players so much more money than the rest of the squad. Um, just mm. like like that, it just doesn't make sense. Their their philosophy is not to sign a thirty-one-year-old now um, and give him so much money. I think he Gustavo, if he leaves, will be for more money, and that will be China. Um, other than that, I don't I don't see why he would move. He's loved by the team. The new coach. There's opportunity for him to get more game time because there's a new coach. He's got good money. Like he's not going to get a lot of money anywhere else. So I, I don't see why he'd move unless it's China.
2: He might be fed up. He might be fed up. But yeah, I don't think there's a lot of substance to the Lyon rumor. Yeah, you know, specifically for the reasons you mentioned, Luca. Um. <laughs> Did maybe chuckle when you read those rumours because you, we, we we get it every year. We've had it with Ribery before. We've had it with with Lyon. They always, I think, they take pleasure in in tormenting us by the press by, by planting these bullshit stories. Um, I agree. I don't see him going. However, this is this is when we get into to complicated territory because if there is a deadline, and we've obviously not seen anything filter yet from the DNCG meeting, but if there is a deadline for us to raise funds. There may come a point where that actually becomes an opportunity if we can, you know, if we can somehow get fifteen or twenty million out of Lyon for him, or any other team for that regard. That the, the more this 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 sort of early window ticks on without us getting offers for either Tovar or Sanson, which which are, let's face it, the two most likely players that will go for for decent money, the more we're going to see. You know, we're going to see the club maybe scrambling to try and raise funds with with, with Gustavo, or we also saw a rumor about Camara potentially being on, the, on on Milan's list. So it, it's it's a delicate time, and it's it's important to not read too much into it. But I think we'll see a lot more clearly in the next couple of weeks when the, the window officially opens and Sanson, Autovin get get actually actual firm offers, and it's it's most likely to be Sanson.
0: Well actually let's talk about Sanson then while we're there because I know we mentioned some weeks ago that he'd been linked to Wolves, I think, and a sort of big money move to the Premier League and then it was kind of probably, there was probably wasn't a lot to it. But again he's been linked, I think, with West Ham, I think, in recent days as well. And Spurs and Spurs. And Spurs, right. So it it does look I mean he it does look likely that he might be a player that will be sacrificed in the summer. Um would you be happy to see him go and how much money do you think that we should be selling him for if we are going to to let him go
1: i think i think he he has to be the he will be the sacrificial lamb in this season like he's young he he does have some kind of reputation in england he's quite liked. his profile is quite liked. and let's face it this season he was for like horrible um he was in a way he, he was a scapegoat for a lot of it he wasn't always as bad as people made it have to be but like he didn't have an impact, and if you're offering me 25 million up, and that money means that we don't have to scramble to sell other players, like you're saying, then I, I'd sign it straight away. I wouldn't even negotiate that much. If you offer me 25 million for the man, then sorted. You know, it sorts our problems, not only the financial problem, but also the fact that we don't have any Europe next season. So we need, we're gonna have to get rid of players. We have to, way too many midfielders. Like yeah, go for it. But I'm not sure we are mm. going to get that much money for him.
2: Yeah, I was just saying. I, I think we'll get more money than that for him. But but yes, Lukaku, you're, you're perfectly right. Yeah, we've got too many midfielders. But let's face it. I'd rather you know we offload Streetman or Gustavo. If and, and if if we don't get an offer for me that's 35 million plus, then then Sanson doesn't go because we can we can start some sort of bidding war when there's Premier League teams involved. But it's difficult because Streepman and Gustavo have. Very big salaries, and, and few teams will will want to outlay that much money on a thirty-plus year old. Um, I would I, I wouldn't be happy to see Sanson go, but I I think it would be the least damaging departure if if that can be the case.
1: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like Sans, like you, I'd I'd prefer keeping Sanson over Gustavo's treatment. To be honest, like if you told me they were like all have the same wages and all have the same potential for leaving for the same price, like Sanson's the one that fits. The least for me in terms of what I think next year is going to look like, because if we're going to have to recruit more younger players, and like players that would that need to be mentored and stuff, you're going to need a Gustavo. You're going to need a treatment in the midfield. And Sanson has shown that he's not able to play in a four-two-three-one or a four-four-two effectively, and a four-four-two is and has been like quite often a system that um, Andre Andre villas has played in. Um, he's got a lot of money playing on him and he's not progressed in the last 2 years if anything he's regressed he hasn't shown that his line of his progressive um like his learning curve is completely come to like standstill so keeping him is is for me is is the wrong thing to do because you're just going to lose his value
2: i wouldn't i wouldn't say keep him i'd say just just make sure we get money for him i wouldn't keep him but i'd make sure we get money for him
0: Okay. Um right, I th- I think we'll move on from Sanson. Um I mean I just i I'll just add my view on this point actually just before we move on, but I personally would rather keep him than Strickman or Gustavo because of partly because of age and the you know the there's some sort of room for progression with him as well and I I do think like I I agree with you a little bit in that he's probably his progression has stalled over the last two years a little bit maybe more so in the last six months more noticeably but I actually think that if you look back into the first few months of the season he was probably our best player until about November until we hit the bad form um so I, I don't know if I'm in entirely agreement but um with that but but yeah, I, I would prefer to keep him if possible, um, if if the right coach can sort of develop him. But um, actually, you guys talked to, you have mentioned Strickman, So and stripman is another player that's been linked with departures. And I think shortly after the end of the season, um, Strickman had apparently said that Ero, the president, has actually told him that He'll have to leave in the summer because he's too expensive. His, wa- his wages are too expensive for them to 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 pay without Champions League football.
1: How disgusting is that? How disgusting is that?
0: Do you
2: think that's really hard? Yeah, it's harsh, it's yeah? shocking. It's shocking. It's just you can't behave like that. You know, we we signed him. We went out of the way to sign him. Yes, it was all, all under Gazza's impulse. We now know that Zubi probably wanted two youngster players, Samaseku at the time, and another one. Instead of strutman we went out all out to sign him. The guy's a Dutch international. He may win an international trophy with his with his national team today. With them, you know, we know it's a Mickey Mouse thing. But look, he, he, the guy's never complained. He's been very honest all throughout the season. He said he's had a bad season. He said he wants to make amends for it. And the fact that you know you, you go out of your way, you spend 30 million to sign an international, and then you piss all over him at the end of the season and say, "Mate, we can't afford you." And to be quite frank, I don't sure, I don't think we ever wanted you anyway. It's just what message is that sending to
1: the market and other players? It's awful. It's just like like, like you, you say like you're right. Like you sign him and stuff, and like you sign him for five years, and after one year, not only do you say like we have to sell him, but you may basically tell him because that's what he said in his interview. He he's been told like you know you're not wanted here anymore, and it's just like what do you mean like like he he's not going to go anywhere. Nobody's going to pay his wages. Nobody's going to pay a transfer for him. There's been so many, like, um, extenuating some circumstances for his bad season, along with the whole team. Like, it's for me, it's it's unprofessional from Ero and and the direction to not not to want to sell him if the opportunity comes, but to make it so clear that he's not wanted because the other teams that are scouting him will just be like, we well, don't want him anyway, so we're not going to give you the money you want.
0: Yeah, actually, yesterday it was reported. I think it was floating around on Twitter. I don't know where the source came from, but um, that apparently West Ham had make it, made an offer for a loan with an option to buy at the end of the season, which supposedly Marseille have rejected, and that um, West Ham are preparing a second offer.
1: Um, yeah, but the, the Strickman's allowed to refuse loans, and he said he doesn't want to be on the. Yeah, loan.
0: it's true, true. But um, it might not be completely, you know, unfathomable that um, a club could offer him you know 15 million euros 20 million euros you know given that he has got lots of experience at a high level but any club that does that do that you would question you know that that sort of decision because it's 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 a lot of money to spend on someone who has been out of form and had lots of injuries for a number of seasons you know
2: yeah and the the five-year the five-year contracts here is the big problem that's the big problem
0: yeah well that's a problem that we repeatedly seem to make isn't it that we have been signing older players on long contracts and, and you can...
1: he's not lost for football like he didn't get a bad injury this season now we have to sell him like that when you look at the list of expensive contracts that need to go like for me he's he's way 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 down the list of the older players that need to go for big salaries
0: okay right so um I, I just mind for time because um we've got um someone joining us. I just very quickly want to run through a couple of last names um before we uh, move on to arrive rumours of arrivals. Um Lopez I think he's been linked with um Sevilla. Um there's I've read some places that he might be the most likely to leave, actually more so than Sanson. Would you be happy to see Lopez leave?
2: Oh happy is not the word again, but <sighs> You know, if it comes to that point where we are scrambling to to bring money in, and, and a twenty-five million or thirty million offer comes in for him, then I'd rather Lopez go in a, in a, in the a sector where we're heavily congested and, and there's huge competition for for playing time, rather than Camara. That's, that's my two cents. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think without going into into like comparing who we'd want to leave instead of leave instead of him, um, I don't see him going for that much money to be honest, and. Um, I don't really see the benefit if if we're not going to get that much money off of him. I think he's he is quite a good player in terms of like playmaking and setting the the field. I I, I I don't think he should leave to be honest, for his sake and for ours.
0: Okay, all right. Um, and lastly, I think um well we could talk about Tovan, but I don't think there's really much to say since we last podcasted. But um, Valitelli, I think there's been some. Well, he's actually a contract with us now, I believe, isn't he? And there's yeah, he's been, a free agent. Yeah, yeah. so there's, it, there's not been much clarity from the club or not about whether or not they would look to extend his contract. Do you think that he is likely to be here next season or do you think that's about and we've seen the last of him?
2: Yeah, he's gone already and, and we can't afford him, that's quite clear. We couldn't afford him already and, and the, the whole six months debacle, you know, yes, he had a few first good weeks, he took his little selfie, you know, he got us on the internet and got us some clicks and stuff, great, but the guy's been he's been invisible he's he's dodged away games he was shit against PSG a bit he was shit against Lyon he was shit against Lille you know he obviously joined for six months for the money his heart sets going back to Italy I don't see him staying I don't I don't want to keep him honestly
0: okay mm. alright would you yeah, agree no, yeah. with that yeah
1: oh yeah no 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 he's the, the quality that we saw for the last four games where he didn't play both away games and then got a red card in the last time that's, that's the quality we would see if we sign him for another year He's too expensive. There's no one to be here. And, like, I think just like every club before he came to Marseille, um, I think we've already overdosed on him.
0: Okay, good. All right, I think we'll kind of move on now from the departures because we've got plenty to talk about in terms of arrivals. It's been rather busy on online and on Twitter with a number of names that are floating around with us. So, yeah, so I think we're we're, we're going to... Um, talk about, about some of the um, rumoured arrivals over the last couple of weeks and I'm pleased to say we've got uh, a guest on the show right now from 90 Minutes Cynic Podcast. Um, Chris, hi Chris, you alright?
3: I'm good Stefan, how are you?
0: Good, thank you, thanks for joining us. Um, so Chris you've come on today just to talk to us about a couple of players that are Scottish based players that have been linked to Marseille in recent weeks so um, it would be really good to get your thoughts on those players and hear a bit more about them and how likely it is that they're going to move um, or, or, and whether or not they would be able to offer much to, to a club like Marseille but yeah before we, we, we start with that um, do you want to just tell us a bit about 90 Minute Cynic and what you're doing over there with that project?
3: Yeah, of course. Uh, So ninety minutes cynic is a Celtic-based podcast website. Uh, We do videos as well, Um, and it's just sort of coverage of Celtic. It started off as sort of a sort of blog, um, and it's kind of evolved into something really quite interesting. It's kind of fan run media now. Um, we go to the press conferences at Celtic Park. Um, we, uh, we interact um, with a lot of different people and a lot of different kind of accounts and stuff. And we are going full time from the 1st of July so it's going to be 24 hour 20 not 24 um, it's going to be 7 days a week content of celtic so we're doing a lot of podcasts and stuff and yeah we I'm a resource here if there's any anything linked in that I guess that's why I'm on cool
0: and people can they can sign up to be a, a Patreon, or, yep. and pay for a subscription to for the to get access to sort of unlimited content yeah
3: yeah absolutely so we do um three sort of tiers there's a tier you can just give us money which is Terrific. Um, Money for nothing. Uh, There's a second tier that's just sort of uh, podcasts throughout the season regarding the actual season itself and then there's a third tier which is kind of constant content including features. We had a Podcast just recently about the uh, women in football, and we've done kind of specific focuses on directors of football and if Celtic should go downs, but a continental route and stuff. So uh, it's well worth your money. Uh, Patreon dot slash ninety minutes cynic. Uh, sign up if you're a Celtic fan.
0: Cool, uh, something to think about. Then you know if this if this uh, podcast kicks off, we can all quit our jobs then and do that full time. Yeah. <laughs> L- listen, <laughs> the, the, the
3: stuff the stuff you've been producing. I, you know, I was a Marcy fan. Um, I'm still technically a Marcy fan. I mean, defined fan these days. Um, but I, I loved I was looking at my, uh, Marseille tops I've got about six or seven of them um, it's an, a magnificent club um, and kind of similar to Celtic I think in that it's kind of constrained by the league it plays in a little bit um, but yeah I'm sure you've talked about that in the past
0: so cool um, yeah so um, the reason we wanted you on today was just to talk about a couple of players so in the last Week or so, especially Marseille have been linked with uh, Olivier and a sort of mid, uh, French midfielder from Celtic. What are your thoughts on him as a player? Um, do you think he's well? Can you describe what his, his style is like as a player, and whether or not he, what he could well what he could bring to to Marseille?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, so, in is an enigma. Um, his time at Celtic has been it, it's been very interesting because. When Olivier and Cham is on form, Olivier and Cham looks exceptional. He looks like an ex- he looks like a Rolls Royce of a footballer. However, and specifically this season, um, he's been more like a Volkswagen Beetle than he has been like a Rolls Royce. Um, he's he's had injuries. He's had problems um, in terms of form. Um, he. We, we play 4-2-3-1 four, and he sits in the sort of left-hand side of the sort of left um, midfield position. Um, I've got some stats from a statistical point of view. His pol- ball progression in the final third is, is the best in the league, um, which means he's more, he's he's hitting as many um, critical balls through um, for big French Eddie and stuff. Um, his he, Sometimes he looks like he's not his passing's bad but that's due to the fact that he's trying to make i don't like the phrase hollywood pass right because that's a bit you know shit but um he, he tries to make these game defense splitting passes um he, he's very much a playmaker um i think he's exceptional
0: what, what about his defensive skills because i always assumed that he'd be quite a he's quite a tough physical player now so what's his like ability to kind of like get stuck in, track back, defend and all that can he play that kind of role, a more defensive midfielder?
3: Um, he, I think he's suited, to be honest I think personally I think he should be playing in the sort of left half space, um, I think I, I think he's uh, far better going forward than he is at the back, you're right though he is tough he's a tough tackler um, he doesn't track back he just doesn't track back
1: <laughs> So do you mean in the 4 he's three, three, he is like a left winger or is he like one of the number 6, the number 8?
0: Uh, one of the number sixes.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Like a sort of Pogba left central midfielder. Is that what you mean? Yeah.
3: Yeah, essentially. Uh, one One of his one of the massive assets as he has is his uh, switching of play. Um, his cross field passing is fantastic. It's really, really good. He's got a great eye for a pass. Um, and as I say, sometimes, sometimes he tries to hit the definitive pass too quick and too soon. He's still. I mean, he's just twenty three, so he is young and. Celtic are in a really good position because he's under contract till 2022 um, we were, there was I don't know if you guys know that there was some leaked transfer documents that Celtic, that unfortunately leaked out into the internet last week that basically said that Celtic on it, it said Celtic would be looking to do business for Incham.
1: <laughs>
3: why um, I, uh, I think it's, it's a hard one, so we bought him for 4 million quid which for us Scottish club is a lot of money for Celtic. It's not as much as you know. It's not a massive amount of money, but it's still a, a chunk of change. Considering we get three million quid for winning our own fucking league, um. so <laughs> am I allowed to swear? I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm,
2: yeah bring me yeah, up. you not, right, you right, you not
3: heard <laughs> <head>. <laughs> I just, I just swear. Um, essentially, um, we, we, we bought him for four and a half million quid. He started, uh, he started really slowly, but then he started to come into it. And in January, just there, uh, Porto bid fourteen million pound for him. Um,
0: 14 million pounds yeah
3: 40 million quid was the bid from Porto Celtic knocked it back we all assumed we would take it we, we all we, we thought you know we can of really been, we're not in a position to knock back 40 million quid That that's not a profit for a player because the Scottish League is still looked down on I mean for every you know Dembele there's you know maybe not the best player you know backing them up you know they're Clubs like Motherwell, clubs like Kilmarnock, they're not necessarily seen as glamour clubs. I, th- I think the Scottish League's looked down on by people who don't necessarily watch it. It's, it's a good standard. It's not the best, but it's good. So if we can get £40 million for a player playing in this league, usually we'd bite your hand off. So, but th- we didn't sell him. Um, and so he signed a new contract, and we're in this position now.
0: So you think you will go for cheaper than that? Because the rumours that have come out today are suggesting that he might be going for more than that.
3: I've been led to believe Celtic will do business for eight and a half million quid.
0: Jesus Christ. I know it's not a lot, is it? And today, though, um, this is what I, I had understood as well, but today there was, I think it might have been from a Portuguese outlet, but because Porto were interested in him and they were saying that um, Celtic want between 15 and 17 million euros, therefore Marseille will no longer be able to afford them. But I thought that that seemed inconsistent with what was reported in Scotland about before about how much money he might likely go for. So you don't think he'll go for as much as that, fifteen to seventeen million euros? I
3: am starting to doubt whether he'll go, to right. be honest. Um I mean we on the Cynic we had the sort of end of season thing and we, we broke we broke down who we want to stay and who we want to go and frankly there's a lot of shite at Celtic that needs to go. But we were all kind of in agreement that if we can, if we can pin them down with a better consistency, that we would build a team around Encham. Um,
1: I, I quite like, I quite like the sound of that actually, like this player now, because uh, the issue that we've had for a while now with all of our midfielders is that with Sanson López, and even Strootman, you know, yeah. like we're playing in a four-two-three-one, but they're not players that are used to playing in a two-four-two-three-one. They're used to main playing more in four-three-three, and when we play that formation, they're basically left exposed in the defensive tasks. So if yeah. we take and en- cham who's who, who like you're saying he is used to playing a 4231 and even though he's he doesn't track back um obviously he's got experience in that I, I quite like it and if we're looking to sell sanson to like 30 odd million i mean it sounds like a good cheaper replacement for it.
0: He's the kind of player that we've actually, from what I've seen of him, he's the kind of player that we've lacked actually last season. We've lacked, especially since we sold Zambo and Grisa we've lacked someone who's a bit more, who's got a bit of pace in midfield, a bit of power, and the ability to drive forward with the ball. And a lot of the time, I think I know Gustavo can do that, but he's been playing a lot deeper, um, and he was playing defence for much of the first half of the season. So this season we keep. Without example who I'm not a big fan of anyway but we seem to lack a bit of kind of athleticism and drive in the middle of the park and with Strictman being a bit slow and sluggish and the other two midfielders Sanson, Lopez, Payet they're all really you know you just push them and they fall off the ball and they've got very little kind of um, power to them so it seemed like Encham would be a sensible target to
1: me he seems like the kind of player that we are missing question as well sure. um uh like was these two-part question but um how how trans like transferable you think his like his skill set is to obviously the french football or european football overall even though he has played for bologna but like now and to what's his attitude is it like a troublemaker or is he more of a, of a good soldier
3: so, good two good points. Uh, just before I answer them, uh, just, Stefan, I've literally got in my notes here, I uh, took some notes, put in charm my thoughts, and the first point was links play dash drives. So, that answers, <laughs> that gives you that sort of thing. Uh, so, in terms of him uh, from Woody Suit the French League, uh, Celtic, the best performance in Chams had, um, and I think if you ask any Celtic fan, this will probably be, uh, they'll all answer the same, in Cham, play, we played against Anderlecht in the Champions League away from home, and we didn't have Scott Brown, who's kind of a linchpin, who's the guy who kind of makes everything happen. And, and Cham took that position. He sat central midfield, and he dictated play. Now, we're talking about a guy who at that point was only 21, who at that point hadn't had a lot of European football experience in terms of Champions League, and he he dominated like he he ab he 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 dominated so much that he got Lee Griffiths to score a goal in the Champions League. I mean, that's <laughs> a bit mental. Um, but he 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 dictated play. He looked comfortable with um, the responsibility. That's the thing about in en- Champ. One, one, if you ask Elik fans, his best his best games, the big games, they'll say Andelect. The other game they'll say will be Rangers at the start of this season. Rangers at the start of this when when you sign up when a player signs for Celtic, there's two things he needs to be he needs to be up for. He needs to be up for European football, um, and he needs to be up to, be up to spank Rangers. And he again it, I would define it as artistic. He was like an artist painting painting on a canvas. And then the game against Rangers, he was further up, further up. He was kind of playing in that half space, but he was dropping as well. I, I, listen, I don't want to sell him. I, I don't think I don't think Celtic should sell him. However, I think he would be a perfect fit for Marseille. And in terms of whether he's a troublemaker or a soldier, he's a guy who gets on with his work. He does what he's asked and he does his business. He does his talking on the pitch. I think he's quite a quiet guy. He's quite a reserved guy. Still close friends with uh, Mr Dembele. Um, he is... Uh, Celtic, are never. Go- I'm, uh, we're never going to get to see him at his best. Um, you may.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, you know, just you touched upon Rangers a few times there, so I think maybe it's a good time to kind of, um, just talk about just one other player, um, briefly. Um, so in um, last month we've been linked with Alfredo Morelos, um, coming with Rangers. Although it's kind of, it looks like the last couple of weeks we've not really heard much, so there might not be much more to that. But, um, what are your thoughts on him as a player? Do you think he's a player that would do well for a club like Marseille? Uh, I. I... <laughs>
3: Morella, is a guy. If you look at Scottish football, there are players who play. Um, there are players who who play, uh, and you can tell their class. And Chams one, Dembele's another. Moreles is a good player, but I don't think he's good enough for French football.
0: Okay, right. That's good to know because we were worried that mostly his, you know, the negatives were just about his um, temperament. But you actually think his quality might not be up to it either.
3: I, th- I think that the main point about Morales is he went from Colombia to Finland to Scotland. He's joined a basket place club at Rangers where he's had no <laughs> one-on-one training. He's had no one-on-one coaching. See if you get a guy, now AVB is for me, I think he's one of the best coaches about he's what he's the guy to put an arm around them and teach them and actually coach them. Then I think you could get something out of Morelis. Um He's great at getting into, into possessions his positioning is really good. His reactions um, superb. His finishing isn't always. Aye, uh, so Morelos, I think the I think if you look at kind of his his five red cards last season, um, which is insane. Um, he he scores he scored twenty seven goals in the Scottish League last season, but very few of them were against the top six. So he scored in lots of goals against Hamilton, which. You know, I could score goals against him, Probably, to be honest. Um, and it's it's he's scoring against the bottom half of the league. So got a couple of goals in in Europe, but not nothing special. He's the type of guy that you know. See if you could get the, the Rangers fans seem to think he's as good as Dembele. You've seen Musa Dembele now. You can see that he's the real deal. Morellis, I think, is a guy that you could sign for four or five million, and he'd do a job. I d I don't think he's got I don't think he's clinical enough for a club like Marseille. I don't think he's good enough for a league at like France and um he's probably smells as well, I don't know. <laughs>
0: okay, Ben if got <laughs> you get anything you to ask. Um, no, I guess um before.
2: no, I mean what what I heard on Enchan H&M was, was interesting. I mean I I think that it's good to get a, a first hand view from someone who watches him week in, week out. From from speaking fairly enough, you guys aren't the only Scotsman I've I've spoken to this week about Encham. Um, and, and it happened to be another sort of middle-aged Scotman who, who follows European football as well, and he he compared. Uh, well, him yeah, to I'm Stephane. not middle-aged.
0: What are you talking
3: about? Ah, yeah, Stefan, come on.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, come on, be honest, mate. Uh, no, he, um, he, he he said he that um, the, the Marseille player of the past he would most like to then to is is uh, Stefan Mbia. So that that oh, quite yeah. that actually made me quite excited. But um, the the, the likelihood is. And, and you know you've mentioned the problem here that he's friends with Dembele. I could I could see Young going for him, not Massey. Mm,
0: yeah, with and Dembele as well, even very possible.
3: Yeah, I think I think with the. Uh, I mean, I'm led to believe that Encham has started unfollowing everyone off-, off Instagram. So that's the modern day version of uh, basically leaving, isn't it? <laughs> so he's he's unfollowing all his Celtic <laughs> teammates. So okay, so he's he's Nice. But who's he off. following
2: then? Who's he, who's he following instead?
3: Uh, he, he's following all the Marseille guys.
2: <laughs> no, he's not, Ooh. actually. Uh, he's not, he's not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't give um, us false hope, mate. Jesus.
3: I know. Um, as I say, in Cham, I think Celtic, the one good thing from their point of view is that Celtic are in a strong position because they've um they signed a new deal, but Celtic are... Th- from a negotiation standpoint, we've been kind of poor uh, with transfers over the last couple of years. We actually did a whole podcast on, you know, developing and bringing in a director of football and why that's important for us. Um, weirdly, uh, obviously Brendan Rogers being a inverted commas, progressive sort of European manager who, you know, turns out wasn't, wasn't as good as we thought. Um, going from him to Neil Lennon, who people would see as a sort of footballing dinosaur and someone who, you know, Backwards tactics and a bit very British. Uh, Lennon seems to like Incham, and he seems to be playing him and a lot more than Rogers was. So, you know, as I said about Incham, he seems to be that he seems to be a quiet, quiet guy. He seems to just want to go on with it. He's still only twenty two. He might think to himself, you know, maybe win another trophy or two, maybe play another couple of seasons of European football, and then make my move after that. But at the same time. You you just never know because he is French. You might just want to go back home.
0: Well, he's better chance of playing for the French national team, playing in the French league. I think that's the only reason I think that he might be up for it. Because um, you know, you, Macovec Marcy he's not going to be playing the Champions League at the moment. So, but yeah. he, he's he's under the eye of Deschamps, um, and he's got a better chance of being selected. With the national team, so that's well. That, he's, in the twi-
3: he's in the under twenty. He's in the under twenty one. Yeah, true. Uh, Squad and stuff, and he's he's constantly picked. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think he'd be a, a perfect signing. I think the, the value of transfer in terms of money, you, you guys are dealing with more money than we are. So even though we're in the, one of the top fucking t- top thirty or whatever, but we we just spunker money against the wall. I don't fucking we're building a hotel. Who fucking cares? Um, but. You know, transfer fees wise, I think you guys have... it's it's not out with the realm of possibility that you could make, meet what he they're asking for him.
0: Hmm, okay thanks very much for that chris um i think we'll 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 move on we'll need to move on because we've got a few things we want to talk about before we finish up today but um thanks very much for coming on the podcast it was really good to hear your your thoughts on on enchantment morelos and if you ask briefly there as well good to hear that you're a fan (laughs) i (laughs) absolutely i think
3: he's class
0: cool all right um cheers thanks chris
3: no worries lads cheers take
0: care Bye bye um, just to say as well, like Luca's has also left us, so just be myself <laughs> and Ben for the, the remainder of the the podcast. But um, we'll, we'll try our
2: best to keep you. Yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah.
0: So we we'll just a few things just to run through. I think before we finish up because not too long left. But there's a couple of players I think worth mentioning, Ben, in it, um, and then a couple of stories we'll very briefly touch on before we finish up. Mm-hmm. So. Um, other names that have been mentioned a lot, I think, in the last week are Andre Silva, um, the Portuguese striker from... Well, he's on loan at Sevilla, isn't he? But he he's actually plays for AC Milan. What do you think about him? Do you think it's realistic? Do you think and Is that a player you, you, you fancy at Marseille?
2: Well, I think we've been linked with another players as well, which is uh, Patrick Schick, who, who plays yeah, for Roma. And I'd, for I'd rather have him, honestly. But, uh, again... If, if anybody's going to get Andre Silva playing to a decent level, I, I think Velasquez might be the man because of the Portuguese link. And I think the fact that if he gets him and a couple of other Portuguese players so that they don't, he doesn't arrive by himself and he has a few either former teammates or international teammates alongside him, um, or at least a few countrymen, I, I wouldn't be against him. I, 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 he is still at an age and, and still at a position where you would take a gamble on him. Um, but it, again, how realistic is it? Can we afford him? Does he does he want? Does he fancy another loan? You know, that's the I question. I
0: think isn't Casey he are talking about wanting like you know thirty million euros for him or something like that. Well, so forget it. It's not looking forget likely, it. is it? Unless it's a loan deal. No. Um, and, the th- and the thing is, like both, you know, you mentioned Patrick Schick as well. Both Silva and Schick are players that have um, been quite hyped up as big young talents, but they've both had issues goal scoring. Since moving to big clubs, so I think you know if we're going to look for that kind of deal, it's going to be a kind of can we get someone on loan on the cheap and you know take a bit of a punt on them and if it works out, it's a you know it's a stroke of genius you could say and if it doesn't, it doesn't you know we haven't invested too much but I don't think we're going to want to be spending big money on a transfer for someone like that is it? Yeah, and
2: then and the the problem is strike. Striker is such a. Uh, we've seen this, especially at Marseille, the last two years. Striker is such a decisive position, especially in that team where the fans want a, a star striker. They want someone that they can we can, we can look up to, and we can say, give him the ball, he's going to put it in the back of the net. Um, and, and sadly, we are reduced to this because of the position we're in and the dire financials. So, the, the, the only only reason a loan makes sense is if we have an option to buy. Because the last thing we want to do is is give give either of those two a good season get 15 odd goals out of them, and then see them go and play their trade elsewhere because we, we've not secured the option. So, if we don't get in a striker with with an option to buy, which is either automatic or, or favourable for us, then there's no point. There's no point aiming for either of them.
0: Okay, um, and I think just what we'll, we'll just talk about one last player before we move on um, and go through some of the couple of the news stories is so Marcus Turam, um, son of well, Lillian am obviously. Um, he's been linked to us, unsurprisingly, actually, because I think he's a name that's kind of been people, on people's lips for a long time, all season, as a as a kind of player that we might be interested in in the summer, and it looks like recently he has actually been linked to us. Um, now, it remains to be seen what kind of price he's going to go for, but um, Gangon have recently been relegated, so... There is a possibility that he might go cheaper than we, what we'd initially thought. Do you is he a player that you you fancy, Ben? Do you think he's a guy that
2: you think could come and come to Marseille? And I'd have him, yeah. I'd I'd have him. Um, and and just just even if even if it is isn't for footballing reasons because he's got similar statistics to Valerian Germain this season. Um, and and he played for a team that finished dead bottom in the league and got relegated. But he he is the, the typical profile of player that you sign and if he does have a couple of you know a couple of, of a good run or a good season and gets a few statistics under his boat again he's someone that you sell to the premier league because he's got a premier league profile and you get 25 30 million for him so he, he is the, the, the type of gamble we should be taking because I'd rather go for him and, and take the gamble at between 5 and, and 10 million which is likely to be his price than spend 20 million on some Axima and, and see him sort of fatter out and not not have an impact
0: Definitely. I mean, I think um, he's quite an interesting looking player. He's very powerful. Athletically, he looks like a real specimen. But um, I do, I did one worry that um, there might be a lot of hype about him because of his name and who his father is. But from what I've seen of him, actually, I'm pretty impressed. You know, he looks pretty good in the air as well. So he's definitely got, like, raw attributes that, you know, potentially he could... could could be polished into like you know a, a solid player. There's no doubt he's got that potential. So like mm. yeah, why not? You know, yeah. He, he
2: had a decent game against us, didn't he? As well, and yeah. a few weeks ago. But it's the, the one big question mark I have about him is what is his position? Because if you, if you sign him, ideally you you would think that he's the type of player we'd try and mould into a centre forward, and we'd try and convert and say, right, you're playing down the middle, mate. Use your athletic prowess. you you're, you're going to be a target man. Um, that that's that's the only interest I would have in him because I don't, I don't want to find another winger. We don't need another winger.
0: OK, well, yeah, I guess not. And, I mean, it's funny you say that because in the winger position, I think we have been linked a lot with, well, Tur- Turan, but and um, Yasin Brahimi as well, Porto, which we talked about recently on the podcast. So there is a possibility that we, well, I guess we might be looking for a winger. And I don't know if that's because, Tovan will be leaving or we need someone for the left wing because, you know, a isn't on his own, can't you know, he needs a he needs some sort of support and, and he's not had a suitable replacement, maybe we'll see. But um it definitely doesn't seem Yeah, like- I'd
2: have both. Yeah, I'd have both, but can we can we afford behind me is is the big question mark, yeah. You know, can we can we do we really want to be dealing with yeah, do we really want to be dealing with mercenary that's quite obviously you know, hungry for cash because he's, he's a free agent and, and the figures that we've seen, I think it's talking about 20 million salary and signing on bonus bonus over four years or something. It's ridiculous money. You know, if we're, if we're telling, you can't go telling players like Streetman, who, who's sh- sure had a, a difficult season, but has been nothing but a model professional as far as we know. You can't tell him we can't afford him and then go and sign Brahimi. It's just incoherent. Completely agree with that.
0: Okay, so I'm afraid like we'll we need to sort of move on from this. Like I know there's lots of other players that have been linked with us um in the last couple of weeks that we've not been able to talk about today just because of time and so we are aware that there's plenty of names getting thrown around and we'll hopefully get a chance to talk more about these sort of rumours and upcoming podcasts. But there's so yeah, there's just a couple of new stories I wanted to touch upon before we finish up for today. Um, ben, firstly, just um, thinking about the the um, DNCG. Um, or you know the. So I, I think yeah, we've, the we've, the
2: financial organism, yeah, that basically manages French clubs' finances. So they they decide how much you could spend, what your budget is going to be, etc. Yeah, so
0: we haven't really heard f- from any like in any detail at all about what's actually happened. So I think we might have been reading different things floating around then. And uh, I don't know what you've. What you've came across, but I would read that Marcy had passed through the DnCG's kind of the the appointment, their meeting with them without too much difficulty, and they would got the go ahead to continue with the Macato because I think they've got to get approval, yeah, before they're allowed to sign players after June. That's it. Um, yeah. So I I'd, I'd heard that that was they got the green light, and that was because McCourt had paid personally paid off the deficit that they would presented. Um, to the DNCJ, is that would you? Is that what you've come across? Because I know you said something earlier on in the podcast. Yeah, something I, I don't
2: know. I, I don't know. Is, is the answer? I, I've seen certainly what what seems to be com- being confirmed is that we've passed it, and there's no sanction or, or whatever they call it, no sort of restrictions imposed on us. But but I've not seen anything official or anything from a reliable source that says. He's covered the deficit, or we've promised that we're going to sell X amount. And yeah, the fact yeah. is, we have an idea of the deficit figures, which are allegedly close to seventy million euros. Which um, is
1: a lot I would lot.
2: imagine. Yeah, I would imagine. And, and <laughs> for, for fuck's sake, I mean, the guys at the DNCG must be, must be pissing themselves every time every time this. He must say because it's the same mistakes for the last fifteen years, where the owner has to come in and cover cover the losses, and or we have to sell our star player, and it's it's just getting ridiculous, and and you would hope that we would be a bit more cautious in terms of our budgeting but we'd also learn from these mistakes and how for, for how much longer is, is are we going to have a benevolent owner who's going to who's going to agree to plug the gap if that is the case again so yeah it's good we've passed but but we know what that means and we, and we passed it with Labrune in the last season with with Margarita dreyfus as well at the, just before they sold to McCourt and and we passed that but we all know what happened afterwards we we sold half the team yeah but and, I think and, we were you know, told that we had to
0: sell gone. by the, uh, you know by the end of June, wasn't it? at That time, yeah. And, and so, she
2: made it clear that she wasn't going to put, put any cash in any of her own money in either. So, yeah, that that was the story.
0: It's interesting we've not had an announcement of that though this time. If that is the case that we have to sell by, you know, the thirty-first of June is that right? The thirty-fourth, thirty-first. But um, yeah, we've not heard anything. So maybe that's good news. I think I'm going with no news is good news and yeah, with this one personally so hopefully nothing too much to worry about but we'll see um so unfortunately we're actually out of time tonight um i think we're actually gonna have to wrap it up um there was a few other news stories that we wanted to cover but i think just because of the time we'll have to look at them in the next podcast um so yeah i just want to say um thank you for everyone for listening Um, and hopefully that we'll get um, another episode out to you in the next couple of weeks. Thank you. Take care, Steph. Speak soon, buddy. Bye. Good night.